We are ending the series on Ephesians today. We, uh, we walked through the, the six chapters of Ephesians, the first three chapters in his light, all about evidences of God's grace in our lives. Paul just poured over the foundational truths of what it looked like for God to work with you, in you, and for you, in his light. That's Ephesians chapters 1 through 3. And then chapters 4 through 6, he said, so it's great that we know some things, now it's time to start doing some things. And chapters 4 through 6 was a call to action. Out of the shadows, let's start stepping into his light and walking with him. Let's experience what it is to have a relationship with him and have it affect our very actions and thoughts, our behaviors. Out of the shadows. Paul closes his challenge in chapters 4 through 6 with this thought. You need to be strong. There's a big, big call that I've given you in chapters 4 through 6. And I want you to know this. There's some things you're going to have to do if you're going to stay on. If you're going to stay on task. So what we're looking at today is Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20. Paul is answering this question. How can I possibly continue in the Lord strongly, firmly, consistently? How can I continue to do what I've been called to do throughout the book of Ephesians? What is it I need to know? What is it I need to take on? That's what we're going to be looking at today. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. The ushers are going to be coming forward and they've got some Bibles. We're just going to be going verse by verse through this passage. So if you don't have a Bible, raise your hands. We'll get one to you, okay? Again, we're going to be reading Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. Let me start. <clears throat> Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. How can I stand strong? That's the questions being answered. So let's dive in here. First point, recognize the battle recognize the battle. Paul starts out with the single word, finally. Sometimes we say that with this big, deep breath, you know? Finally, we're through this thing. Sometimes we just mean it as the last point. And finally, that's where Paul's at, okay? This has not been an arduous task for him as he delivers. This has been a joy and a privilege as he's challenging his body the people he loves, 
from a distance as he's writing from tough spots and tough positions, saying, I want for you the best you can possibly have. And here is the best thing I can give you to close it all out. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. This is the goal. The goal. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in God himself and the power he's pouring out through you. I want you to be able to experience God's power ripping through your life. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 21 was all about this limitless power that we can tap into through prayer and through commitment to him. And Paul's saying, be strong in that. That's what I want you to go after. Goal. Be strong in the Lord. Method, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Put on whatever you want to put on. Put on a few pieces. You know, whatever fits well for you right now. And if it doesn't fit, then forget about it. Is that what he's saying? Put on the whole armor of God. And then he goes through a list. Do you think if he's going through the list of the whole armor of God that he actually left a few pieces out? No way, right? This is the whole armor of God listed here in Ephesians chapter 6. How do we stand strong? Put on the whole armor of God. The whole of it. Not some of it, not part of it, not one of it. All of it. Put it on. Okay. The word put on. This word literally means, the way it is used, the verb tense here, it means put it on once and for all. That's what it means. It doesn't mean wake up and re-put it on. And then sometime throughout the day, take it off and then re-put it on. He's basically saying, you are in a battle. It would be as ludicrous as in the middle of the battle with the fighting going on everywhere, you just sort of stop and you take your helmet off and you set it down. You go, that's kind of heavy, you know? (laughs) And you just sort of set that there. And, you know, this sword is really bothering my side. And so I pull that out and I set it down, you know? Now I feel a little bit more limber. I'm good, you know? Is that what we do in the middle of a war, right? He's saying, put it on and keep it on. Put on the whole armor of God, okay? The method. Why? That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Okay, now we're getting some clarification. So this is about a spiritual warfare going on. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Yes, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior... You've chosen sides. Yes, if you've decided that you need to be laying your hands and your body and your lips and your heart into the very hands of God himself, you've picked sides. And Satan is aware. And there's a battle being waged because of it. So even if you're going, I'm really not trying to tick him off very much. You've picked sides. And he's aware. And his goal is to render you useless for the kingdom okay you may be heaven bound but useless in the process would be satan's privilege and and preference okay so you are in a battle i am in a battle the schemes of the devil coming after us looking to trip us up looking to render us useless verse 12 he goes on a little further for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood flesh and blood now why does he say that 
let's back the truck up a little bit. Ephesians chapter 4. Remember, verses 1 through 6 was all about unity in the body, getting along together. And then throughout the rest of chapter 4, he goes through all these different truths that you need to know. Getting to the point in 17 through 24 where he's saying, put off the junk and put on the very character of God. Be kind and tender and forgiving and compassionate. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. All these ways of interacting together in a loving, God-honoring fashion. Chapter 5, walk in love, walk in light, walk in wisdom. End of chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives. Lead the home in a godly way, in a sacrificial way. And wives, recognize your your God-given call to your husband and help him in that. This relationship between husband and wife. And then in chapter 6, children, obey your parents. And parents, don't exasperate your children. That was last week, by the way, for those of you who couldn't make it out because of the snowstorm. So we had a great time as we talked through children obey your parents and parents we have a responsibility too as we raise our kids to not just try to shape the external but to try to allow the heart to be changed in the midst of it. And then he even gets into slaves and masters a real common household situation back then. It was all about people chapters 4, 5, and 6. And then he says here but just so you know the real wrestling yeah not against flesh and blood. You see loving God and loving others That's the plan. But the wrestling, your true enemy, let me tell you who that is. Verse 12. Against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. A list of four things. Now, nobody knows for sure, but it's thought that this is probably some sort of hierarchical statement of how the demonic forces are structured. Okay? So it looks like there's some hierarchical levels to it. We don't really know for sure. We can tell you this. There's got to be some level of order if there's going to be a full-out onslaught attack. And so it looks as though we've got at least four different regimes, four different power structures, and they're all centered on one thing. Rejecting the authority of God, stealing the glory from Him, and rendering you and me useless in the process. That's something we need to be aware is happening. That at any moment, when we wake up, when we're going throughout our workday, when we're dealing with our kids, when we're talking to a friend, our goals may become momentarily about us and somewhat distracted. But Satan's goal is never distracted. It is always to render us useless. May we always be aware of that as we go through this battle. We've got to know the battle and recognize it. Now he says at the end of verse 12 here, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So we're not talking about just here. All over the spiritual demonic forces at work. Now he says in summary in verse 13, therefore, remember what's the therefore? What's the therefore therefore? We always got to ask the question, right? So in summary, that's what he's saying. Because of what we've just discussed, here's what I'm telling you. Take up the whole armor of God. Take up all of it. Get ready. Put it all on that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Okay, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now, back in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 and 16, he's talking about this days, these days, and he says, these days are evil. Verse 16, these days are evil. So it wouldn't be wrong to say it's even about today. But Because the the word day there is singular, 
it looks like he is actually talking again about future time. A time where we're going to need to stand firm as the very gates of hell are unleashed. There is a moment in time right before it all comes to a close, right before our risen Savior becomes King of kings and Lord of lords over all, for all eternity, that the gates of hell are going to be unleashed the evil day. So certainly he is talking about today where the days are evil. But he is also talking about a future moment as well where things are going to get even harder, even worse, and even rougher. And he's saying, I want you to be able to stand in the midst of that. To stand in the midst of that. Now, we're going to talk about it in the next point real clearly, but uh, just to be clear, it says, stand firm. You're really called to be a guard. And you're really looking to do this. This is what it looks like. That's what it says to do. Okay? Now, when we start hearing this passage of like spiritual warfare, we start thinking like, draw the sword and go attack, you know, and you're diving in there and you're, and you're stirring it up and you're really, that, that's not what it says. It says, stand firm, be strong. This is all about eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. This is all about a passion for our savior. This is all about a daily walk with him. Forget about what's going on around you. You are so fixated on your Savior that there is nothing moving you from where you stand. I stand here. Praise God. That's what he's saying. Know the battle and know the battle cry. I simply resist in the name of God. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. That's what it's all about. Knowing the battle. Picture, if you will... Close your eyes, okay? You ready? Picture this. It's a black and white scene. It's smoky. You can hear the clanging of metal on metal. You're hearing the clanging. And as you look to the left, you see skirmishes and battles. And there's the enemy coming up the fortress walls. And as you look to the right, more of the enemy coming up the fortress walls. Your your team, your men are dropping here and there. Some are laying wounded, injured. And in the middle of the fortress, you and me. Question. Are we chatting about the fact that the Bears just got Jay Cutler and there may actually be a little bit of hope finally in Chicago? Are we enjoying the fact that the weather is going to be so great except for the snow that might come tonight? Are we chit-chatting about life and talking about games we can play together and the nice restaurants we can go out to? All these things are great. But are we so chatting on those things and so fixated on our own comforts that we just lost sight of the battle at hand in the spiritual domain? What we need to be careful of is that we recognize the true battle going on. It isn't wrong to enjoy life and to enjoy it richly. But we do need to make sure that at all times and at all costs, we are aware of the battle being waged that is at hand. I once heard it said like this. You and I, we are not physical beings experiencing a spiritual moment. We are spiritual beings experiencing a 70 to 100 year physical moment. 
That's a big difference, isn't it? For all of eternity, you and I have a spiritual aspect to our life. But for a short period of time, we have a physical. May we not be so caught up in the physical that we've lost sight of our God, who is spirit. And of the spiritual world and of the spiritual war that is being waged. So question for you. How are you doing? You recognizing the battle? You seeing where you're at? Is today the day to make some changes? Time to start being more aware of what God's doing in the spiritual domain. Maybe even of what Satan's doing. Don't spend a lot of time looking there. It isn't worth it. Just be aware it's going on. Focus on God, okay? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So that's our first point, is know and recognize the battle. Second point, execute the battle plan. Execute the battle plan. He starts in verse 14 here, and he's building right off of 13, where he just closed with stand firm. And he starts out, stand therefore. So there's that therefore word again. Have you noticed how much Paul likes that word, right? So now that we've talked about that, let me get into this word stand a little bit for you, okay? So stand, which we talked about. From James, here's the best way I can tell it. James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. How do we resist? How do we stand? James 4 says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Now, a lot of times people just sort of flip that. You know, they're like, hey, you just resist the devil. That's what you do. And and we've talked about this before, but Satan isn't running from you and me. You know, we can do the biggest, baddest flex we can do. And Satan's like, whatever, you know, he's not really that afraid of us. The reality is it's the God who's standing with us, for us and behind us. That's who he's afraid of. So when we decide that it's time to resist, may we have first submitted to God, know him. Know him passionately. Confess whatever needs to be cleared up. Get that relationship right with him. Walk with him. Have a passion for him. Love him with all you've got. And as you are close to him, when you turn and say, no, not here, not now. I'm resisting what you've got. May the God of this universe give me the power to hold. Let me tell you something. Satan sees that and he's booking. He's gone. Because God is standing over the top of you saying, it's done. That is the power of standing firm. So, as we step into the executing the battle plan, please hear me. This is not a call to try to find every demon, to try to talk to every evil force, to try to understand Satan's little minuets and plans and dances and details. That's not the point. Who cares what he's doing? The answer is, we serve a risen Savior, and he has a plan. May we be all about the plan of Jesus Christ in this world. May we be all about the plan and the passion and the love of knowing him. And as we are so fixed on him, we stand firm. That's the plan. That's the battle plan. Now, just so you know, there's going to be a few times where you take some shots. So because of that, we need to put on the whole armor. Okay? It doesn't mean no dings. Some shots are coming. You know... We're speaking on spiritual warfare here, and uh, I didn't know when I was going to throw this little statement in, but I'll throw it in now. So I, I was saying to my family and to my wife, I have no idea what's coming, but we're speaking on spiritual warfare in a couple weeks, so heads up. And uh, so, you know, it works in a very variety of ways. However, some of it's God allowing things through, and, and however it all goes, you know, but the reality is... This last week, my daughter was sick for five days, uh, ended with 101 fever on Monday, uh, but then that broke, praise God. So Tuesday, uh, Jana started feeling ill with a lot of pain. Actually, she'd had it for four or five days. We ended up in the ER Tuesday night. 
Uh, turns out dehydration and, and some stuff got messed up inside because of all that. And so, you know, now we've got her on water and electrolytes. Okay, great, we're good. Get home Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, I wake up, fever. So then I'm sick Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with 100 degree fever. Yesterday I was running about 80%. Today I'm probably 87. So if you see me kind of getting wobbly, it's, I'm not wobbling in the spirit. I'm like losing. Okay. So, you know what? This has been a great week for just watching as God says, you're going to do it in my strength. And that's just the end of it. So studying with 100 degree fever has been an interesting ride. Let me just say that. Okay. We've learned a lot this week. I just want to say there's times where we're going to take dings. There's times where we're just going to have to stand up under it. Just smile and enjoy it, okay? God's got a plan. He's teaching us stuff. I don't know what it is. For us, we got to learn the word patience this week. We, it was a real fun word, yeah. Okay, little side note there. How do we stand firm? Let's start in verse 14 here. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, okay? This is the first one he says to take on. This is what he's doing. He's saying, look, take this belt and wrap it around and lock it down tight. Why? Because when they wore the armor, the belt was the fastening point. The belt was the anchor point for all the armor. Everything attached into it, including raising the tunic up so they could run. Everything. This belt was the center, okay? And what is the hardcore center? What is your belt? Truth. All right? Take truth and lock it down tight around you. It is all about what is true, what is right, okay? How do I do that? What are some things I can do? Well, first of all, obviously, start with knowing Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Know the very person of Jesus. Know him as Savior. Know him as Lord. Know him as passionate, loving, loving shepherd. Lock down the truth. But a second way to go after the truth, we're told in John chapter 17 that we are sanctified by the truth. The truth of the word. Allow the truth of the word to be pouring through you. Understand it. Know it. Memorize it. Be shaped by it. Don't stand up in the morning and say, nobody's going to tell me I'm wrong. Our pride really gets to us. We do that a lot, don't we? We have these little moments like, nobody's going to tell me I'm not good there. And then all of a sudden, we're not growing in that area. We basically just have to let go and go, you know what? I'm human. There's going to be things I got to get better all the time. Some things over there, some things over here, some things over here. What do I need to get right here? Okay? That humble approach is going to really go a long way for us being sanctified in the truth. Taking that belt of truth and locking it down tight and going after it with all we have. Knowing our Savior. Going after the truth with everything we've got. You know, we talked in Ephesians 4 about putting off and putting on. Taking the junk and getting rid of it and putting on the very character of God. That's part of being sanctified by the truth. What are the true character traits of God himself? Letting those things pour over you. In Ephesians chapter 3, that limitless power of God empowering you to go after it with all you have. Lock the belt of truth down tight and go after it with all you've got. Okay? So being sanctified by the truth. Know this. The word relativism, it basically means this. Yeah, not really any truth out there. Pretty much, hey, whatever you want it to be. That looks like a belt that's about three inches too big. Do you know what I'm saying? That thing's just slipping all over the place. Nothing's anchoring down to that, okay? I just want to tell you, that is not the God of the Bible. That is not the God of all eternity. 
That is not the God who spoke into existence that which we can actually sit and study and see such great consistency in it. We give it a name, science. But what we're really doing is we're watching the consistency of God working with the physical world. We have a God of truth. Amen? We have a God of one true right way. And some people really don't like hearing that. But usually, when we talk to them for a while, it's because we find they're holding on pretty tight to self. And what we need to be praying for is they gently begin to release and embrace their compassionate Savior and Shepherd and Lord, the true Shepherd, the true God of the universe, the belt of truth. Lock it down tight. It's your anchor point, okay? Next step. He says, after the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So now we're putting on something that's protecting the heart. It's protecting all of our inner core. It's holiness. It's righteousness. It's doing the very things that reflect the character of God. As we begin to do that which is him, we get to know him better. And as we get to know him better, we get to love him more. Please hear me. This is not a call to checklisting legalism. This is not at the end of the day, well, I did 19 things right today. I feel good about myself. I'm going to go to bed. This is, did I know him better? Did I know him richer and deeper because I did the very things that are him? Am I my God on this earth through my actions? Am I reflecting his character and his nature and his passion and his person? Because as I am, I'm getting to know him more and deeper and richer. At the end of a day of true righteousness, we have such a warmed relationship for him. And at the end of the day of legalism, we've got a lot of coldness towards him. So please hear me on it, okay? We can get after good actions for all the wrong reasons. A lot of me in it. We really want to get after good actions because it's all about him. Showing him the glory and the honor. Praise be to God, okay? Breastplate of righteousness. Then he says... And as for your shoes, well, actually, I found you. He says, and as shoes for your feet. I'm glad he clarified that. I don't know where else you put shoes, but he thought it was important to say that. So, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, the readiness given by the gospel of peace. He's basically saying this. I want you to be so prepared to go and share the passion of who Jesus Christ is in your life. I want you to know him, to love him, and to be embracing him so much that as you're sitting on the airplane next to him, next to the, somebody, and they're chatting, you can actually start spilling over the love of Jesus Christ into their life without it looking just rammed and forced. They're just saying, I don't get it. Something's different. I don't understand what's going on. There's just something about what happens. You know, I was just talking to, we were at a, a party last night, and uh, a family was talking about one of their kids who's 19, 20 years old. And uh, he was on an airplane ride back from China. And he was talking to uh, an older woman from China. And as they chatted, she was asking questions about why he was there. And he had gone to visit an uncle and all that kind of stuff. Began to share his passion for life. And he was headed for the youth pastorate. And, you know, he started sharing the love of Jesus with her. She accepted Jesus Christ. She said, I want to tell you, this is hands down nothing. Nothing has been better than this moment for me in my life. We have the privilege of sharing Jesus Christ and watching hearts transformed for all eternity. Amen? Now that's a privilege. Now that's a battle. 
What are we going after in the battle? It's not trying to find Satan and go after him and attack him. It's trying to love on people and share the passion of Jesus Christ and watching the Holy Spirit do a growth moment where you just go, wow, all I did was talk a little bit and God worked. Amen? Now that is being ready to go after it. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, knowing how to share the good news. We're going to be talking about that in an upcoming series here in just uh, probably about six weeks. What does it mean to share your faith boldly? How do we do it? How does God use it? That's what we're going to be going into, okay? But it's time to get our feet shod. Get ready to share how much Jesus has meant to you. It means you got to have a testimony. you got to know what Jesus is doing with you and in you and for you. It doesn't have to be really verbose and fantastic. And it's just a life change moment has occurred in me. Let me tell you about my Savior. He's unbelievable. And I'll tell you this. In this world of relativism, there's one thing you can get away with real well. And that's saying... Let me tell you about my experience with God. Pretty much anybody will let you share that, okay? Have a passionate opportunity to share your love for Jesus Christ. And let's see what happens. Readiness given by the gospel. Verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. The shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So picture this now. We've locked on the belt. We put on the breastplate. We put the shoes on, okay? And then he says, lift up the shield because the fiery darts are coming. And you're going to be knocking those arrows down with this shield of faith. Are you hearing it? As you sense an attack, as tough times come, it is not the removal of those tough times. It is faith. It is, I believe in a God who loves me. I believe in a purpose that is shaping us. I know that my God is here with me. He is working with me and through me in this moment. I believe in my Savior. It is faith. It is absolute confidence and certainty in our God and what he has for us. A shield of faith. And as we lift that shield up, the fiery darts of Satan can be stopped. Well, what does a fiery dart of Satan look like? You know, Satan is the father of lies. So what it probably most looks like is a simple little whisper. Kim, let me tell you something. That just isn't true what you're believing right there. I'm just telling you that's a joke. And if we don't have our faith in gear, that lie begins to sit and stir. And we start hearing and thinking the wrong things. We need to be able to defend against the lie by having that belt of truth locked down tight, and by having the faith in place that says, I trust him and I know him. He is my savior and my God. I'm leaning on him with all I have. The lie. Tough circumstances as well can come along. God often allows us to be shaped through tough circumstances. So we want to make sure that we make this clear. This isn't about avoiding the pain, okay? This is about saying in the midst of whatever God's called us to, having the faith and the confidence and the trust to move through it, growing with him, okay? The shield of faith with which we can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Take the helmet of salvation. Now, let me ask you a question. Paul's writing to believers, and he says, take the helmet of salvation. Is he saying, so believers, I'm asking you to believe. Is that what he's saying? 
That's really probably not what he's saying. If you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, there he talks about the hope of salvation, this future concept. What he's probably saying most here is the same thing. Remember, we've got the whole armor of God represented here. And in 1 Thessalonians, it was called the hope of salvation. So the, probably the best way to look at this, remember hope, we said it means absolute certainty in an upcoming event. Hope. Absolute certainty. It doesn't mean how we use it today. Oh, I hope that happens. It doesn't mean that. You know, oh boy, I, you know, if we're lucky, hey, there's a 50-50 shot. You know, maybe that'll come. That's not what it means. It means absolute certainty in an upcoming event. Hope of salvation. Of salvation. All eternity with him. I, I can just tell you, now granted, it was during a 100 degree fever this week, but read Revelation chapter 4 again. Revelation chapter 4. Take some time to just imagine what that scene is like. As Jesus Christ, the very Lamb of God, on the throne, this sea of emerald, this giant rainbow, these elders around him with full authority and crowns, angels singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There is worship and there is praise. Worthy is the Lamb. As everybody is throwing down before Jesus Christ and saying, I am amazed with who you are. My God is good. Oh, my word, he is worthy. Praise God for who he is. As we begin to experience our Savior as worthy, as we begin to experience our Savior as nothing but good, as we are pumped with who he is, and we, just like the elders, drop to our knees and throw everything we have before him and say, worthy are you. We have just grasped the hope of salvation, a future that is unbelievable. We have no concept of how great it is, but we have this guarantee, more satisfying than anything you've ever experienced, more joy than anything you've ever experienced, more peace than anything you've ever experienced. The hope of knowing him for all eternity, the hope of being with him forever and ever. Praise be to God. Amen? Amen. We have a chance to spend eternity with our creator and know him from the inside out and be passionate about him with all we have, a hope of salvation. Put that on. It protects your head. Do you hear it? Put that on. It keeps you in line. When you are going after your day-to-days and you have as your primary the hope of salvation, everything that you're going through gets filtered through. Does this compare to being in eternity with him forever and ever, in the most satisfying relationship of all time, being able to throw down before him at any time and say, worthy is the lamb, worthy is he. We have a chance to experience a little bit of heaven here on earth and put that hope of salvation on as we look forward to a coming king and a reigning savior, a victorious Lord who loves you with everything he's got. And he's pouring into your life daily to make an impact and a difference. Amen? Now that's worth going after. A savior who you can share, who will sit with the next one you share with and pour into them and lavish into them. He is safe. He is real. He is loving and passionate and true. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. Put that hope of salvation on. It'll fixate. It'll help you to stand firm in the midst And then he says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Sword of the spirit. 
Okay, this word sword, I always pictured it as like that sword that Mel Gibson carried in, you know what I'm talking about? That thing that was like seven feet long? That thing was huge. I don't know how he wielded that. This thing that was taller than him, and that's not what this word means here. It actually means dagger. It's about six inches long. It was something you wore close to the belt, and it was about close hand-to-hand combat. It was about localized defense only. That's what it was about. He's saying, put on the word of God, your localized defense in close hand-to-hand combat. That's what he's saying here, okay? Pick up the word of God and know it and wield it. Can you imagine? There's this huge battle going on all over the place, and you're standing next to these monstrous guards, and you look over at the guy, and you're like, man, I feel safe with this guy. He's huge, you know? And you say, hey, how do you know how to use that sword? And he goes, I don't know, man. I've never touched it. Like, what do you mean you've never touched it? He goes, I just have it sitting there. It looks pretty cool, doesn't it? Dude, are you going to use that to save me? I don't know. We'll see how it works, you know? You're like, can I have a new guard? Right? What are we thinking about when we have the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and we set it on the shelf and we walk away? No practice, no understanding, no knowledge, no depth. It's not really secured down. The bottom line is we're thinking about comforts, about other things. And so it becomes less important to us. When we recognize we're in a battle, this thing starts raising up pretty quickly. I'm telling you, the word of God becomes very important when we execute a true battle plan. The word of God. Have it in your life with all you have. I've said this a number of times in a number of different ways. There is not a right way and a wrong way to go through scripture. But please do this. As you're going through scripture... Go through looking for that which can change your life. Read until God has challenged you in a moment and stop. Maybe just write it down. I I mean, I understand. I'm not a big journaler, but I'll tell you this. When I do that thing of writing down the little challenge and circle it and write the verse, it just does something extra. You're able to remember it longer. I don't know why. Maybe I got a loser brain and I need to have it written down so I can see it. I don't care what the reason is. It does work. So spend a little bit of time saying, Lord, what is it you want me to be changed by here? And stop and write it down. And then just pray and say, thanks for the challenge today. I'm going after that. I'm going after that. And maybe you even need to say, you know what? That's big enough that I'm not really going to go find the next thing I need to work on too. (laughs) Maybe that's going to last you a couple days or even a couple of weeks or months. It depends what it is you're wrestling with. It's about change and transformation. It's about looking more like him next year than this. That's what it's about. Amen? Go after the word of God. But go after it passionately. Not as a checklist item. Every one of the things I'm saying today can just become a legalistic approach where it is so ice cold. And at the end of the year, you do not have a more passionate walk with the Lord than we did something wrong. Okay? Let's go after knowing him with all we have. Knowing him, our Savior and our King. Okay. Now he closes out here. He's given us quite the list. You know, we've got from head to toe, we're covered. And he says, by the way, here's an ING word for you. Verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Praying at all times in the Spirit. So that's all. Just all the time be praying. You know, as long as you put on the armor and just keep praying, you're good. Okay? So what is he saying? Is he saying, like, I have to constantly have words on my lips that are prayerful to him? And how can I do that? Like, I I don't do a job where I can just keep talking to God all the time. And I have to think and I have to stop that. I can't multitask like that. Okay, that's not what he means. Okay? But this is what he means is throughout your day, the whole of your day is given to him. As you go to work, you're working to honor him. As you're coming home to the family, you're coming home to the family to care for them in honoring him. 
As soon as it becomes about you, you stop the prayer. Okay? So it is about the whole of my actions being given to him. It is about the words throughout the day. It's not wrong as a, to go in along to say, God, I've got a minute here and I just want to tell you, I want to be amazed by you. And I feel like I'm losing a grip. Today, it's getting a little cold and dry. May I see you richly today, somehow. Help me see you and find you rich. Break through whatever it is I've left in me that's keeping you cold. Shame on me that the limitless God of the universe, that the passionate God of all, standing in, around, through, and all about me, and I can't feel or see him. Lord, stop me from being cold to you and open me up. Help me to see you richly today. I love you, Father. Help me see you. Help me hear you. Help me respond to you. That's all it is. It's a true, passionate walk with him throughout every day, lifting up the needs. You know, if we were to actually take these, I just want to read this real quickly. I wrote down opposites. So if we didn't do what the scriptures say, belt of feelings, you know, whatever feels good, do it. Lock down with that bad boy. See how it works out, you know? Belt of feelings. Breastplate of comfort, you know? It's really kind of all about ease and peace for me, you know? Uh, feet shod with flip-flops that really are not about any testimony or passion, but they're very comfortable and spacious, you know? Uh, the shield of fear. I'm really afraid of what's going on. I got a small God and I'm not sure he's involved. So it's pretty much, I better be in a panicked control about my world. I got a small shield. It's not really putting out a lot. Helmet of works. Let me make a really big checklist. And when I get done at the end of the day, I can pat myself on the back because I did a lot. You know, the helmet of works. And then the, the uh, sword of man's wisdom. You know, what makes good sense? That's what I talk about. That's what I use. That's what we dress with when we don't dress with the scripture. Look at how lame we look. Can you imagine that person standing next to the person with the armor of God on? What a difference between the two. Paul's challenge is I want you to stand strong. You know, in National Geographic, there was a uh, statement made about Alaskan bull mooses, how they fight, and uh, they fight for territory. And as they're battling for this territory, um, you know, and same with deer and all the rest, but as they battle for the territory, the physical strength of both the body and the bone and the antlers is what determines the winner. If an antler shatters or if the bodies are weaker, then they end up getting pushed off. And now they own the territory and then they end up being able to own the herd. So it's all about battle, but it's about strength in battle. And that strength comes six months earlier in preparation. That strength comes during the summer as they're taking in nourishment, caring for their bodies in other ways, allowing things to grow. That's not unlike you and me in this spiritual battle. As we get ready to execute the battle plan, what we need to realize is we should not have the stuff sitting in the corner collecting dust going, I don't know, I really haven't heard about a battle yet. You know, nothing's really attacked me. And then as soon as we feel that dart come in, you know, oh, okay, let me get the stuff on. And then we jump over there and start trying to dress. We're not ready for it. It's time to get prepared ahead of time, in advance. Working through things, saying, I know that my God has a battle being waged right now. May I be prepared in all that I have and all that I can do. Put on the whole armor of God. Experience a passion for Jesus Christ as you go after him. Know him like never before. And in the midst of knowing him, you will be amazed at what you have. Real quickly, just the third point. Keep alert and keep praying. Keep alert and keep praying. You know, he simply ends with uh, two verses here. And these two verses are very important at harvest. They are actually the two pillars that we have. 
we end up having a pillar about uh, sharing our faith and a pillar about prayer. And they both come out of this section. Uh, So the end of verse 18. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Keep alert. In other words, now that you know, keep your eyes peeled. Keep watching. Be aware of what's going on. And go hard after God with all you've got. Making supplication for all the saints. We have a job to pray for each other. We have a job to lift one another up in prayer. You know, we have a hilltop team. We're praying all over the place. We've got a team that prays midweek. We've got a team that prays on Sundays before the service. There are teams of people praying right now during this service for you and for me, for the Holy Spirit to move. If you're interested in being on a prayer team, we would love to get you signed into that, okay? And one of our elders, Ross Wuthrich, is a part of that right now and leading that. We would love to get you signed in. Come talk to us about a Sunday morning early or a Sunday morning during the services. We'd love to get you plugged in, okay? We are all about prayer. We believe firmly in the power of prayer, lifting one another up throughout the week, battling for one another, battling for one another. And then it ends here. Basically, he says, do pray for me to proclaim, well, he says, opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. In other words, be praying for opportunities to share Jesus Christ and him crucified. Boldly sharing. Not just waiting for somebody to come to you, but you going to them. Remember that kid I told you about on the airplane home from China? His number one statement, I am never waiting for somebody to ask me again. All I had to do was start asking a couple simple questions and be gentle and be open and see what happened. And they were willing to go all the way to committing with Jesus Christ. I am bringing it to their doorstep. Be ready to share boldly and pray for others to be ready to share boldly. Amen? We have the opportunity to execute a battle plan that changes this world for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We serve the king. We serve the mighty king of all. And we have a chance to make a great impact. I'll just share this real quickly. We had, I was looking through some things this week and on the internet there's this story there's a, a pastor who was flying home, a well-known pastor, flying home on an airplane. And as he's flying home, he sees a guy next to him flipping cards and he's whispering and kind of mumbling and it looks like he's praying or memorizing or something. So he says, oh, he must be a believer. And he says, hey, are you, are you praying? And the guy says, well, yeah. And he said, um, great, I believe in prayer too. And he tries to kind of hedge his way in on talking about things a little bit. And the guy says, you wouldn't be praying for what I'm praying for. And he goes, really, what are you praying for? And he says, I'm praying for the demise of all pastors in the United States. And I have a list of 50 and we're spread out. We're all praying. And he goes, well, I'm a pastor. Do you have my name on the list? And he goes, yeah, you're not on my list. This is a real story. People are praying regularly against Jesus Christ and him crucified. We have a battle that we are involved in. And it's real. We have a privilege of engaging with the victorious king of all, our Jesus Christ. He has given his life for you and for me. He has reached out with all he's got. And the loving, holy God of the universe who has demanded payment has, in his love and mercy, made a replacement payment available. And that God, who at the cross of Calvary made all available for you and for me, he is saying, I want to be with you for all eternity. And you and I have taken up life with him. We have the chance to share that with others, that hope with others. We have the, the chance to stand firm next to him being his representative for all mankind. May we, in everything we do, know the battle plan, execute the battle plan, keep alert, and keep praying.
leaning on him.